It is a Tuesday edition. Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson on a Tuesday, rolling through a uh, another week in July. I was just reading about the heat in uh, that's just gripping really the southern part of the states, Arizona into southern Texas, El Paso in that area. Can you imagine? I think Phoenix has set or is about to set a record somewhere in the neighborhood of like 37 consecutive days above 110 degrees. Wow. Is that is that it's a dry heat? Yeah. <laughs> but that that's got to be. Can hot. you believe that? Now we complain in the winter a lot here because we're in the northern plains and we just we kind of like to whine every now and then and, and and complain about boy it's been cold. In fact, we set something where it was um, it didn't crack forty. Remember that streak that oh, we were on here, November to right. Yeah, because January is actually kind of mild, but then February came in. February and March and into April, to be awful. Just, and I, I think, Never ending. I think a lot of meteorologists say though that that extended heat like that much worse on on everything mm-hmm. than it is than than extended cold. But from a selfish human aspect, between you two guys, yeah. would you? Because we're all really not fans of the. And who would be fans of ice cold and blizzards and snow and ice and start your car? Well, I'll pick, take the extremes pick, of heat any day. I've uh, said that many times. Yeah, me too. You in that area too? But I think yeah, I am too. It's it's. Uh, I mean, like this is a little too chilly for me. In July, I mean, we don't get much of it, so I mean, I, I and I'm kind of like two tall Tom on this. I, yeah. if I'm going to take the extremes, I mean, sunny in 75 is good. You know, that's why so many people move to San Diego. But, right. But uh, if you're asking me the extremes, I'll take it. And that's everyone says you should move then. Yeah, you're right because right, right, right. it makes no sense for me to. Move. <laughs> and most, I think the larger percentage of people would still say they'd take the extreme. You can always dress up, or whatever. That's why they live here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can only take off uh, so much. That's what the, the 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 Southerners or even the Latin ball players would say. You can only take off so much, and then you're affected. But you know you can't get away from it. Right. So now, but you're living. And if in your it. air conditioner goes out, then you're really hosed. And you're really on there. But uh, but it doesn't. You know, if I have a fan on me, I can sleep outside and, and usually in the screen in the porch. It doesn't yeah. bother me that much. I've yeah. done it many years at the lake, but it's uh. If you ask me the extremes, I'll take heat any day. Yeah, as long as my air conditioner works at night. And people down south <laughs> think we're think we're that's just such the oddest response. And I don't disagree. I I think I'm in the same. But we were just in Texas where it was 114 for a few days, and it's a, it is a little oveny. It's like ooh, whew, man, that AC, and you know, okay, that's I get that. I don't know how that would be for 37 consecutive days, but I know what cold is. I walk it out, going, oh man, a lot. Well, that's my thing. I like, I, like, the, I like the fact that I can go them, get the mail, and just put shorts and flip flops on. Right, which the, right. you know, my neighbors don't really like it, probably. But it's you know, I'll put a t-shirt on too. I don't like to bundle up. I don't like to always have to wear a stocking cap all the time. I like the changes of, you know, from Memorial Day up until about Halloween, and then I could get out of here. That's yep, right. Yeah. Right. I could handle that for sure. So. The uh, NFL franchise, a lot of uh, things to get to today, including Dick Bremer, who will join us from another pretty beautiful area. If you've been out to Seattle, I know that that, that uh, this is one of those probably fun trips for uh, broadcasters, right. uh, hopefully for the team, too, even though they, they dropped a game last night. But they were, you know, they, they swung it okay, and, and, you know, Sonny was good for a while there. And then I don't know why just, he has the one inning where it just – the elastic pops. He's very yeah. ra- Radke-esque, isn't no, he? Just, is. uh, one inning. Radke was usually the first inning. Correct, uh, yes. But uh, we don't know a Sonny if it's going to be the fourth or the second or the but last night it's was a good the point. fifth. And I just, it's just And then he will odd. settle down again. Right. But... It's just weird. And the uh, it, there's a pitcher in the, in the association named Miles Smith, the lights-out pitcher, 
but he had one inning. Chris Coast always talks about the pregame going, oh, you're facing Miles Smith, what do you thought? He goes, well, that one inning that he's going to give it up, we need to take advantage of it. And I don't know why it was, but another dominant pitcher, but he'd always have one inning. You could see where it might be a walk. He'd get a little erratic, maybe get off the the game a little bit. Maybe his ball would catch too much of the plate. And then you'd see, like, clockwork, three runs, two runs against him, or maybe four if you really extended it. And then he'd just... Shut you down for the next two innings. Right. Yeah, no, it's one of yeah those, I mean, there's been things. a lot of pitchers. You'll hear that in a lot of the pregame shows I've listened to over the years, whether it be yep. Gardner or Rocco or, you know, Molitor. And, you know, and even, you know, listen to some Cubs games and others. They just got to avoid that one big inning. And so Could it's, be the it's sec- not that unusual. Uncommon, right. Think. And it might start off to what you said. Could be the second trip around. Could it be the, right. you know. Leadoff guy gets a walk and then it kind of creates a yeah. little bit of and then. Walks sometimes will get in pitchers' heads a little bit, or just one that he missed on, and someone got a hit, and then so you're starting to unravel a little bit. I, I I wonder how many times it's the case where it's actually the leadoff guy started the inning with something. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what that stat would be. I'm sure there's some geeks out there. Yeah, I don't know there. what the like the stat with the leadoff walk, but uh, right. it was always the the managerial that it was what two thirds or seventy percent. If you got a leadoff walk, that run yeah. came around to score. But I don't know if there's any uh, – there's the Real analytics scientific, behind that. Yeah. Uh, I think it makes some sense of it does. Yeah, it, it, it does. Leadoff walks that come back. Because I think psychologically, if, it, if you just missed a pitch, you thought you got robbed or something, I think that gets in your yeah. head. I, I think it's human Probably nature. checks you on that next batter, and right. all of a sudden you get a hit, and now all of a sudden that walk uh, comes in uh, on that. It's probably where the term walks will haunt came about. I, I certainly look at a scorebook at the end of the game. I'm looking back going, oh – that runner got a five-run score. That guy got on a walk. That guy was hit by a pitch. This guy got on a walk, and they ended up uh, right. scoring. By the way, the Twins are hiring. I just see this. The uh, Twins are hiring a an analytics data position. You know, uh, there's a spot I thought that was open. Derek and Thad's deal. I mean, I thought that's how they got hired. <laughs> well, this might be just one of the research part, the team, you know, some young so go-getter. The that Jonah wants, Hill of the whole Right, and they want to go. Yeah, Money that's ball. Right. That's great. Pack your bags. I just we hired you from Cleveland. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's it. I think they should hire Patrick Royce. That, that, that's the inhabitant. That's the have him go out there. Get out there. That'll throw it all in their face. Uh, the, uh, the NFL's annual deadline for franchise tagged players uh, to sign long term extensions expired yesterday at yeah. 3. And Barkley did not sign. Saquon, uh, L- uh, Las Vegas back, Josh Jacobs, and Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard are now eligible for multi. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm not so sure that, that Dalvin Cook's stock just uh, probably, be, he, he, I'd imagine he's the most prominent free agent uh, back. He and Zeke. You know? I, and I think, is uh, what's his face, the big guy out at LSU that played for the Jags uh, and, and the uh, Buccaneers? Yeah. Huh? Oh, Fournette. Fournette. Yeah, I think well, he's out there, too, isn't okay, he? Okay, so I'm going to NFLTradeRumors.com. has the top 100 available free agents, and Delvin Cook was um, was number two last number week. Two. What is he? Uh, he's number one now. There you so, go. Because uh, the guy's the receiver signed. Like, yeah. Who am I drawing? I'm out of blank here. He signed with the Titans, where wide receivers go to die. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, right. Delvin's number one. Jadavian Clowney is two. Huh. But out of the top ten they have listed, you have four running backs. Two edge guys, including Yannick and Gakwe. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be against uh, bringing back. No, if for money sure. was there from the Vikings, I thought that I thought they cut him loose a little early. Uh, three corners and a guard. Hmm. Uh, the running backs: Delvin Cook, Zeke, 
Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, 27, 28, 28, wow. 28. The day and age, unless you're a, uh, I guess now an Alvin Kamara type or a, a Christian McCaffrey right. type, which now seems the way where we're going in the NFL. That was These, Jarek McKinnon, you know, for the Super Jarek Bowl. Jarek McKinnon, champs. right. Yep. Yeah, it's another. Uh, this is this seems like a little bit of the the running backs that are most valuable to teams or most attractive to teams. Well, l- let's look at it. DeAndre Hopkins is the receiver. Yeah. Right. There yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. D-Hop. Um, so you look at it. Think about the 2017 Vikings. Delvin Cook's a rookie. Fumbles the ball, gets hurt against Detroit, right? And he uh, – it's one of those games, too. If you want to fumble, they might have beat Detroit. I, I think that was a game they coughed up, I do believe. Right? I believe I that's right. But but anyway, so they – regardless, he gets hurt. And so they go with uh, Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray. And I guess maybe that's where we should have seen this is where we're going because they actually mm-hmm. had a lot of success with that one-two punch yeah. compared to what they've had with Delvin Cook even, as good as Cook has been. And I love Delvin Cook. I'm yep. a Florida State guy. I watch right. him at Florida State. He's great. But, and you know, the San Francisco 49ers kind of showed, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl and lost and probably should have beat the Chiefs, and they kind of gave that game away, that their three-headed monster at quarterback, this is where we're going. After Todd Gurley got hurt, what have the Rams done since? It's just been a plethora of – a bunch of different guys coming in and rotating, and this is where we're at. Because for Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette to be sitting at home right now, not knowing if they're going to be in the XFL next year, actually think about that. And think about the profile of those names. I mean, just the profile. And by the way, is uh, is the former number two pick overall that uh, graduated from NDSU in uh, 2016? I mean, he's Another, still without a Carson job. Still, he's still out there. I mean, they report to Egan here in a week and a half. Right. It's amazing that no one's going to take a flyer on him for a backup spot right now. Yeah, and it's not like uh, he's not making himself available or even letting it known that he wouldn't be available. I but it's that- his reputation, which is, just seems unfathomable to all of us who kind of know of him or whatever. Right. And kind of like Ngakwe, because I think part of the reason they want to get rid of him, he was kind of being a pain in the rear in the Vikings okay. locker room, is because what we had in Indianapolis, that got out there, and it was kind of like yeah, with, Carson? With, with the owner basically yeah. throwing him under really? the bus. And just the fact that, and for a lot of guys, I think they really like him. I think it's one of these camps where you like him or don't for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, that's what it was with the Eagles. It was yeah, yeah it was it was for or against. And there divided was no gray in the, area. Yeah. If he's divisive in the locker room, that's not a good thing. And is that his fault? I don't know. But that's going to be part of the reason. You said it best. I can't imagine there's not one team that wouldn't utilize that skill set as a backup or a th- you know what I mean that that potential take the picks away or not or whatever he's right. learned or hasn't learned or wants to fight through Carson is what Carson is he's still six feet five with cleats on probably goes a little bit taller with a, with a strong arm and one of the biggest hearts and desires and granted that maybe there's some other stuff but maybe that's what maybe that's what's holding him back I don't know that it just he- seems weird that he doesn't have a spot you know and. Easton Stick, who Brad was in a media scrum with yep. last year, I mean, handles himself well, accepts his role as a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad gig if you can get it. I mean, there's only 32 jobs of those well, in the world. He seems to too, like right? it. So take it, get your paycheck, yeah. keep trying to be a, a leader Herbert in whatever way down. you can. Yeah. yeah, and then be there if, if they need you to, to play. Yeah, that's so we'll great see. Spot. Yeah, and maybe somebody goes down early. That well, know. that's what they're all counting on, right? Well, Is they're going to watch these I'd preseason Carson, games. Yeah. But you almost got to think that's what these other guys are thinking. I'm guessing Delvin Cook and Sager are going, 
$7 million? That's what offers we're getting right now? Right. Like, well, oh, that's, man, we're going to take that much of a pay cut? But, you know, a, they always are say these, a bird in a bag is better than two in a bush. Are those I, guys know. fit guys to not fit? I'm not talking physical fit. Fits with teams with that teams. they're on. You know, like, are they are they fit? Meaning, Delvin Cook, is he fit better here and didn't fit so well here? Zeke, after watching Zeke, you know, it's funny, I, I like Zeke, and he's a workhorse, and, you know, you eat the, the drink, the, whatever the emotion is on the spoon, feed, and feed yep. the, yeah, that kind of thing, and he would, you can handle the ball. Then I watch Pollard and go, ooh, this guy's got a little extra. Well, Looks I thought like they a were a good one-two punch. It's a good one-two punch. Aren't Zeke and Kareem Hunt kind of the same back? A little bit, yeah. I mean, that's a, I don't know, that, that to me, though, they match yeah. up. To me, Delvin offers you a little more of a skill set than those two. You know, you you put uh, you know Emmett Smith was great, but Smitty Fournette's just a <laughs> Smitty Ramby had a pretty a, pretty fat line yeah, too. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> Fournette's just a plotter. I mean, basically, yeah. yeah I don't. It's a uh, well. We'll see where we go on uh, as this movement goes. But you're right; those are some names out there that uh, that are some big Im- names. impact type player names. But and, you got to wonder what the book is on them. I mean, I think Delvin Cook. Could give you that explosive play he showed in the Buffalo game and a few other times, but there's also some times where he maybe didn't hit the hole as quick as he once sure. did, and and I've, and his he's had shoulder problems as we know, and and, and you know that <laughs> that medical book is for all 32 teams to look at, and that is a problem I'm guessing for him getting a, the contract he wants and probably deserves, but. You know, I think I saw a meme. I don't know if it's true or not. Where the average running back right now is getting less than the average kicker salary right now, and I think in many aspects it makes some sense. Right now, the kicker is more important than a running back in this league. Uh, but it's also in- he probably wins or loses more games. You're yeah. right, but but it's also kind of insane how we grew up and everything we knew about the game of football. I think we. Right, you run the ball and up you until stop Joe the Monta- run. Yeah, up That's until it. Joe Montana, the running back was the most important. I think we yeah. we talked about. I think it was one of. The, I think you were. I think when you were in Texas, it was one of the days you were. I think traveling, mm-hmm. and I brought this up, and we talked about this, like the devaluing of running backs. What can you compare it to in other sports? It's a great question. Yeah. I think we came up with leadoff hitter, didn't we? Leadoff hitter, or I, just yeah, because the way the lineups are constructed I, now I in would, baseball. Makes me shake my head. It's a great question. I, my first thought came a back to the basket post. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I think we, that we was. Brought that up too. Did that yeah, come up? I was trying to think of something hockey too. There was something there where it wasn't defenseman. Yeah, it'll come back to me. It was kind okay. of something hockey too. It's a great question. Yeah. What is it comparative to the the uh, yeah. what word you use the devaluing of a kind of the devaluation devaluation of a of, of a running back? Because I mean, let's think about it. we talk about Ricky Henderson and you know let's look at our good friend Maury. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that he would not fit in the game as much as yeah. I mean, they, would he be discouraged to do what he did. Just think about that, and 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 not to compare Maury and Luis Arise, but you know, Maury would get on base, yeah. and then he would steal bases, and he would take base, and he would score. And a good defensive shortstop, sure. and all, he'd go glove. But you're right that that, that they would be like, how would he not be able to fit with any system that wants to apply pressure on a defense? You know, that's what those guys do. Where would the Twins be with, with an Arise right now? How how much consistent pressure applied on defenses with a guy that's been getting on base and, and is good for a hit or two or five every other now and then? Uh, what is the, What does that value mean to, to, to clubs? Well, yesterday was the anniversary of the Shannon Stewart trade, right? And uh, I do right around there. It was right around the All-Star. 20 trade. years ago. And even a guy like that, where would he be valued <laughs> for what he If he was a good lead, leadoff hitter, he got on base, but... You know, I, I I don't know. It's 
how much it's even changed in 20 years. Yeah, getting let alone on 50. It just <laughs> just that that's what to me is. You know, Kelnick hits that little blooper in his center field yesterday. One of massive is a, is a you know, it was a great hit, you know, and it just mm-hmm. getting on, making contact. By the way, a big shout out to the Yankees tuning in. That's uh, Jared's cousin and the, his mom, you know, Lisa's a Fargo South girl. His uh, Kalnick uh, for Seattle's mm-hmm. parents own the Lake Country Dockhound. So I've had a chance to chat oh, nice. with them every now and then. And I, 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 I kind of rally for the kid because yep. he's had ups and downs. You know, he's trying to get traction. At the major league level, yeah, he kind of struggled a little bit last yeah. year. I, think, I believe they had to yeah. send it back. So. Had a good start this year, and then kind of mm-hmm. went down a little bit, and had a couple of knocks last night. That's you know, yes, you're trying to get traction. So he's actually got some ties and relatives to this uh, this area, but at the Twins' expense last night. We'll talk with Dick Bremer coming up. Um, you guys shocked that Otani? Maybe we'll bring it up with Dick here. Uh, that that show. Hey, did you see the bat flip? It was just a kind of a. It you heard it on the open. You heard it yeah. even on our new at the, at the top of the hour. Michael K. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, bat flip, which is not that's not quite Otani esque. Yeah. That's uh. But then everybody in L. A. goes, see, he does care and he wants to be here and he's bat flipping. That's how proud he is to be an angel. Of course, everybody's taken like nine different ways. Levels to to die, and I'm sure he does want to be an angel still. Might but, be overanalyzing but, this. Yeah, I, I I think he knows who he's playing, and he or he or he homered to dead center against yeah, the Yankees, and right. I think you know, that's what to it tie is. the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's let's call it what it is. Yeah, unless you've got somehow read on he his. He knew the stage he was on. Uh, his biomechanic rhythms. Did someone read some of his DNA and go through his emotions of that event? Uh, Dick Bremer coming up around the corner. It is a Tuesday edition. The AA All Star Game tonight in Franklin. Wisconsin. So uh, good luck to the fellas, uh, the, the Red Hawks there in, in that. Uh, Zach Nerrier you know, won the home run derby last night. I was, I mean, I like Zach, but I was going, Anthony Wren's through for all the West Division teams. And uh, I was kind of hoping the West guy would do it. But that, that was the story last night in that. Twins tonight uh, against Seattle. Dick coming along next. Uh, we'll talk about that right here on 740 The Fan. Talking Twins with Dick Bremer brought to you by Jefferson Lines at 10.23 a.m. At least that's where Dick is. Uh, Dick Bremer talking Twins in Seattle. Good, uh, I guess, morning. How you doing, Dick? You know, we're doing fine. We are looking forward to um, another good ball game tonight. Twins came up on the short end last night, but I think we've got two teams that are uh, very similar in terms of what they do well and what they don't do well, so... I expect uh, last night's game won't be the only one-run game we have here. Twins have taken three of the first four from this road trip. And, and to get this out of the way or out of the chute, you kind of made me hungry and, and, and second-guessed the mac and cheese I was eating yesterday, Dick, when you were talking about your trip down to the market there and uh, for the fresh, I don't know, was it berries or, or peaches? I'm like, boy, I am less of a man because whatever Dick has sounds a lot more healthy. <laughs> well, I, I went down to the market, and this is the perfect time of the year to get Washington peaches and cherries. So that was my breakfast today, and we'll probably mix in a little salmon for lunch, too. So how's that? That ought to make that's, you really feel envious. That is really envious. <laughs> now, uh, on, a, on a baseball front, uh, we were just chatting about uh, you know Sonny Gray, and, and it just seems Maybe they can make that one little hiccup inning or one little inning because it, it felt to me like 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 Sonny was dealing pretty good out of the gate. Uh, the Twins certainly were making some contact with bats, but let's just focus on on Sonny's outing yesterday. Well, I, as I processed what I saw again last night, we saw it in his prior start uh, right before the All Star break. Uh, it 
makes me wonder whether there's not an issue of him pitching from the stretch for some reason. It doesn't mean it can't be cured, but he's had a terrible time, you know, with men on base finishing off innings. It happened last night with, you know, a four-run uh, inning, I guess it was, and it was a six-run inning against the Orioles at Target Field. Uh, and all the damage done essentially in just one or two innings, and so yeah, I, I, if it's if that's as if that's what it is, it seems like a simple fix. Uh, of course, you know that's up to Sonny to try to fix it. Whether it's a comfort level, whether it's a mechanical issue, pitching from the stretch rather than the windup. But I'm there are people a lot smarter than me who will be uh, investigating that in the hopes that he can get back to you know what he was in the first couple months of the year. Do you remember in all your years calling, you know, guys like that? I mean, I know it's happened before because you always talk to a manager before, hey, we got to just stay away from the big inning. And, and I guess that does kind of happen, maybe with a leadoff walk or whatever it might be. And, you know, it's certainly pitching for the stretch. Some guys have that problem. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, the the most concerning thing, I think, is in the start against Baltimore. And again, last night, uh, there was one, two against Baltimore. Bases loaded walks. Now, Sonny Gray's been around a long time. And, and, you know, he, he's not somebody who issues a lot of walks to begin with, but bases loaded walks. Uh, and, and the fact that there have been three of them in his last two starts suggests that something is amiss. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, already today there's been uh, some research done, video work, uh, to try to see what the issue is uh, pitching from the stretch. But uh, the hope is it's just a little hiccup and we can uh, – uh, get Sonny back on track, and the fact of the matter is, the Twins have won three of the four games since the break, and uh, they've you know won those games in spite of their starting pitching rather than because of it. So it's been quite a switch from the pre-All Star break uh, part of the season that we watched. Offensively, Alex Kirilov he had a uh, he had a solid game on uh, on Sunday. Your uh, your uh, partner Trevor Plouffe kind of channeled his inner Blylev in there on the home run call, which I thought was uh, was pretty good, but. Uh, um, I got it. It's just interesting. You guys were kind of analyzing his swing a little bit. You know, he's got a great swing, but you know, his hips open up and everything else. It's like how he can how he can do what he does to the opposite field the way he does it is is uh, is interesting. Yeah, to, to be able to cover the mm-hmm. outside corner of the plate when uh, you know, for those of us who couldn't hit, they called it you know stepping in the bucket. You know, he kind of opens up his stance and then his hips were open. But then to be able to cover that outside edge of the plate and drive the ball the other way with power, exit velocity, all of that, it really is remarkable. And, you know, the Twins have gotten uh, some encouraging at-bats and games from Kirilov, from Eddie Julian, uh, Royce Lewis when he was in the lineup. Uh, And we left the game last night disappointed that the Twins lost. But, you know, it it seems like there's a much better approach at the plate. There were still a lot of strikeouts last night, but it looks like you know, some of the guys are buying into the notion that if you're only going to use half the field, you're only going to end up with half the hits. And we've we've seen a lot of uh, better bats, I think, in the second half of the season. They do need to get Byron Buxton going when your designated hitter is in a deep, deep slump and you're batting him third. It's kind of hard to you know put together anything uh, substantial in terms of a a flow in a in, in a big inning. Uh, so we'll see if the Twins. Um, make some changes either in their DH spot, maybe give Byron a bit of a break, or at least move him out of the third spot in the order because the Twins came back and had a nice uh, rally going in the ninth inning. Kepler hit the big three-run home run, but Byron struck out in the middle of that, and he's been doing an awful lot of that. 
The uh, and, and then in the wake of that, and, and we even brought him up re- on yesterday's show because people were asking about it. And boy, Dick, I, you know, Buxton seems like a you know likable guy. Uh, you hear him talk. You know, it's kind of like a guy that you root for, a guy that certainly uh, went on can just change the game, and, and a and a guy that fans want to. Re- and now it's moved to a part. Where the production, you know, isn't there, the strikeouts there. We see the numbers, but who knows, healthy and all that. It's almost as if like fans are turning it on him, you know, reading things, oh, send him down, give him to St. Paul, give him a year off, give him a break. Who needs him? Why do you bat him in third? Rocco, you should be fired. I can't believe who's making, you know, it's just this domino effect, Dick, of this thing. And I'm thinking, he's a likable guy. I think we're all rooting for him. I don't know what the answer is, Dick. I, I don't know what, what do you hear out there? Well, he's just given every indication that he's confused or lost or uncomfortable at the plate and you know that's not good i know physically he's been dealing with a lot again this year and fans are probably tired of hearing that but that doesn't change the fact that he's not physically the player that we um, have grown accustomed to seeing now what the remedy is for that i don't know maybe it is some time off maybe uh, there is a you know, stint on the injured list that might benefit him. But he's already been on the injured list this year when he got hit in the ribs, and that was, what, three weeks? And and, and that didn't seem to make his body feel any better. So I really don't know. It, it, is a, it is a quandary for the Twins because he is so important to them. Uh, the record still is much better with him in the lineup than not. But right now he's not hitting. And, you know, you imagine the frustration Byron feels. God... Mm blessed him with five mm. tools as a baseball player and he really is only able to use one and a half or two of them he can't play in the field his running isn't what it was uh and and so he can hit when he's hitting and hit with power when he's hitting but right now he's not hitting and so he's not nearly the player that the twins hope he will be and so the problem is or the question is how do you get him from where he is to where you need him to be? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, because I heard Thal Levine on Inside uh, Inside Twins a couple of weeks ago on the radio show saying, you know, we're happy the fact that he's going to get more at-bats than he has in a long time. But when those at-bats aren't good, that doesn't really help your situation. That's that's the problem. And I wonder if it wouldn't be good just to shut him down and heal up because you just can't have that, as you mentioned before. Well, you know, the Twins had their closed-door meeting and all that uh, after the Atlanta sweep, and the decision was made, we're going to have Carlos Correa hit leadoff, Buxton hitting third. Well, half of that is working out really well, and now you've got Eddie Julian with, what, drew a walk, got three hits again last night, hitting second. So, okay, there you go. But when, you know, the third-place hitter is in a one-for-31 with, what, 16 strikeouts or whatever it is, well, that kind of, you know, puts, uh, you know, uh, the rally, uh, you know, in the deep freeze, if you will. You you, you want to you want some flow. You want the third place hitter to be able to drive those guys in if they're on base. And you know, we were all excited on Saturday because Byron drew a walk. You know, I think we'll be a lot more excited when he gets a double to the right center field gap. That might be the first clue that he's figured some things out and is ready to to be a productive hitter. But as to whether he should be hitting third, yeah, I, it's it doesn't. It doesn't fit right now. The way he's been struggling, he probably should be hitting much uh, lower in the order. You mentioned earlier, Dick, about uh, yeah, the starters. Uh, Maeda really scuffled on uh, on Friday, and Lopez had to work around some things. There, there were some guys in the bullpen, uh, Ortega and Valazovic and Pagan. I mean, they needed all that bullpen to, to get through that uh, weekend series and get three wins. 
And Duran uh, picked up uh, for the first time in his career. He pitched in three straight days and got the save all three times. So, yeah, it was kind of a you know flip-flop, if you will, from the first half when uh, when the Twins uh, you know won some games. It was usually because of their starting pitching. And in Oakland, it was because of the bullpen. And so we'll see whether uh, you know, Bailey Ober tonight can kind of get things back on track in terms of the starting pitching. Uh, he'll be pitching against a Seattle lineup that is a spitting image of the Twins lineup. They've got a lot of strikeouts in the lineup, uh, some underperforming players. And so, uh, again, this will be an interesting series to see, uh, and the one when Seattle comes to Minnesota next week, to see uh, which of these mediocre teams is the better team. Talking Twins with Dick Bremer. A couple minutes remaining brought to you by Jefferson Lines. It could be worse, fellas. You could have a half a billion dollar payroll like the Mets and not be performing well. Or <laughs> some of these teams were expectations, Dick, like the Cardinals and coming up with that, that, that trade deadline. I know that we've been chatting about uh, trade deadline, but as we get a little bit closer, Dick, uh, what have the rumblings been in your circle regarding the Twins and potentially uh, being buyers, I guess? Well, I, I think they're in the market to improve the team, and I don't know, however, whether trading is the best option. I mean, what you know, they're they're right now uh, on the verge. We hope of welcoming back some injured players like Polanco, Royce Lewis, Caleb Thielbar, Brock Stewart. So the the help that you know we hope the t- Twins get here before the trade deadline may come internally, uh, and then if you know you're you know, this team's not going to go any place if Byron Buxton doesn't start hitting. So, you know, are you going to, you know, bench him and, you know, you're not going to send him to St. Paul, but what are you going to do other than hope and work? And there's no uh, issue with the, the work ethic for Byron, certainly. But, you know, when he starts figuring some things out, then this team is going to look a whole lot better. I don't know externally what this team needs right now. The rotation. Uh, is what it is. It's been really, really good. The bullpen now is looking better than it has in quite some time. And even the lineup, you know, hey, they scored, what, seven runs last night. Uh, that should be enough to win a ball game or six runs, whatever it was. Sure. And so, you know, uh, I don't know what the need is right now other than hopefully a return to health with, you know, maybe the most important relief pitcher on the team, not named Joan Duran. That's Caleb Thielbar. And, you know, Jorge Polanco has always been kind of the glue in the lineup anyway, and they've had to go far too long this year without him in the lineup. You, you mentioned it, you talked a lot about Buxton, but, uh, and you mentioned in passing there, but, you know, Correa, the leadoff has helped. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that's been a nice spot for him. I don't know if we would have guessed that that would be maybe be something that kind of stirred the drink here a little bit, but certainly having him up top has certainly helped out. And what we've seen from him is more of a willingness to use the whole field. Uh, he's got a, probably more doubles going to right field than to left field since he's moved in the leadoff spot. He hasn't homered yet, but th- that'll come because you know the power is there. So, yeah, that part has worked. So they've got that solved. And whoever they hit second, whether it's Julian or when he comes back, Polanco, that's fine. Well, then who are you going to hit third? You know, if 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 Byron continues to struggle, you just can't afford to have him hitting there on a, on a nightly basis. But, uh, you know, maybe if they move him down to sixth or seventh, take a little bit of the pressure off, that will allow him to relax and be a little bit more disciplined at the plate. Uh, but we'll see. You know, this there, there are some problems. Uh, the Twins are a talented team that has, to this point of the season, I think it's fair to say, underperformed. 
So it's up to the guys on the field to figure it out and start performing better. And every now and then, Joey Gallo will have you go, wow. (laughs) Well, he hit a ball last night. I'm not sure there have been many hit with that trajectory in this ballpark here in Seattle. Very high and very deep. Uh, You know, and he hit a big one uh, to help win a ball game on what, on Friday night uh, in Oakland. So you see the value there, right? It's it's hard to watch all the strikeouts. He's striking out at, what, 48% of the uh, time uh, as a twin, which is just incredible. But then when he hits one, there you have it. you got to run. Maybe you've got two. And so we'll see, you know, how regularly he plays. You know, and, and the roster right now is a little, you know, warped, if you will, because there are so many left-handed hitting outfielders. Matt Walner, who really was good with the Twins earlier this year, continued to hit well for St. Paul. They can't find him at bats because Kepler, left-handed hitting outfielder, got two extra base hits. Gallo with a home run last night. Kirilov, you're not going to take him out of the lineup. Maybe he settles in at first base with Solano moving over to third base. But, you know, it's they've got some bright spots in their lineup right now, and they just need one guy, Buxton, to figure it out and get going again. And then this this will be a really fun team to watch. Here was a classic Dick Bremer yesterday. Dick is so smooth and so good at what he does that his ability to add words to a visual. And so, so Max Kepler... You know, he, he, he puts a great swing on one. Obviously, Dick, he's taken off out of the box. He's 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 feeling good, and his bat uh, somehow gets in the way of a cleat. And 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 if anybody saw this, uh, you know, Kep does some sort of flying Melinda cartwheel and gets up like it's like it's part of his uh, repertoire. <laughs> Dick says, "Well, what was your line, Dick, with parents that are ballet?" <laughs> yeah, both of his both his mother and his father were ballet dancers, and of course. He just- even when he stumbled, he did it gracefully. Maybe that's not surprising. <laughs> Dick, were you like, wow, that, that's impressive. You had to have been impressed with that move last night on, on Mag. Well, and I and I didn't see it live because, you know, play-by-play guys right. are supposed to follow the ball, right? right? So I'm watching the flight of the ball, figuring he's going to be rounding first base by the time I, I look down. But <laughs> and where is he? He hadn't even gotten to first base yet. <laughs> <laughs> and they show him he got tail over the bat, and he's right. It was the most graceful Fall forward. I mean, if us, if if those four of us do that, well, we're not even making the the rest of the game, and we're That's pulling. True. Yeah, some there's something to be a problem. Uh, Dick, I want to well, ask years you. And, yeah, years and years ago, I did some uh, collegiate gymnastics, and it kind of looked like a floor exercise thing <laughs> that he was doing there. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you before we wrap things up here, just a little bit about uh, everything that's going on with. Uh, you know, the trade deadline, as we mentioned before, the Twins. But, you know, this Otani watch thing could be good for baseball because, you know, we haven't talked about a player like that being possibly moved in quite some time. And I think it would be good for Major League Baseball to, along with Aaron Judge, make him one of the big uh, faces of the league right now. Yeah, it's kind of a shame what's happened out in Anaheim because they finally looked like they had figured some things out. We're on a bit of a roll, and then Mike Trout got hurt. He's not going to come back anytime soon. And, you know, hey, Twins fans have lived it, right? They've had to deal without, uh, you know, the team not being as good with Byron either being hurt or not being productive as he is right now. It really changes the dynamic of your team. The Angels have, you know, been losing a lot of games lately. They're probably out of the race. So what do you do? You know, if you're, uh, you know, Manasian, the general manager, head of the baseball department out with the Angels, you know, what do you do with Otani? If you think you can't re-sign him and if you think this season – in terms of contending is over with, well, then, you know, you've got to be cold-hearted and you got to do what's right for your team. 
and that would necessarily mean that they will trade him for whatever they will get for two months of him because he's a free agent after this year, and he's going to command $50 million for how many years mm. from somebody? And so teams aren't going to, you know, let's take a mid-market, and let's take the Twins. It's not going to happen, okay? But a team like the Twins that's in contention that would like to have him for two months, well, you're not going to you know, evacuate your farm system to bring this guy over for two months because, you know, in the wintertime, you're not going to be able to re-sign him. So it's an interesting dilemma that the Angels are in, but also any team that would be interested in him, what do you give up to get the guy who's just continues to amaze people with what he's able to do on a baseball field? And for two months of that, what are you willing to give up? You might have to trade away the Wichita surge. I don't. I mean, yeah. I, mean I don't know. Stock any, what's greater, cash option of tomorrow's Powerball drawing? <laughs> yes. Or Otani's right. yeah, contract. Yeah. I, by the way, and, and I said this years ago about Mike Trout. If if I win the Powerball, I will buy Shohei Otani. Not just the, <laughs> not just the baseball player. I'm actually going like, like to purchase Otani. The whole and just, and, and just for Twins fans. Yeah. What a smart buy that would be. Uh, the toy. Yes. <laughs> Statue. It, may take, it may take, what, $780 million or whatever it is. It may take that. Price. Right. You may lose all of it, but, boy, I'll tell you, there'll be a big statue of Dick yeah. Memmer somewhere yeah. going, worth every- that's the guy that bought Otani. <laughs> what do you yep. mean? Yep. He'll put you right next to Kirby and Killebro instead of Target Fields. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have him play for the Twins for uh, 10 years, and then he can uh, finish his career with the Red Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a statue of Dick out there anyway. Right. This one will just be a little bit bigger one out of Target Field. Dick, as always, Good to hear your voice. Uh, enjoy Seattle, such a beautiful city as you've laid out uh, well out there. And then good luck to the Twins this week. All right. Thanks, guys. The Great Dick Remmer brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And you think we're kidding, folks. The cash option is probably, what, 500 mil? Oh, yeah. It's about well, half of the, the if actual If it's a billion now, so figure slice is, it in half. Yeah. yeah. And then we're still giving government money after that? Well, no. No. That's I, no, what it, or is that no, it that's the, the government sticks their that, hands that's everything? in the jar. And what right. about the state? That's what the Canadians have always teased me. They said, you know, as much as you give us crap about being a socialist, if you win the lottery, you get the money. We don't take that from you. We, you get it all. Oh, yeah. But no, yeah. we we got to get our yeah. grease. And if you win in my state, it'll be a lot more than if you oh, win in your state. Yeah, Tim, I mean, Tim, Tim, me, Tim Walls will tap you on the shoulder yeah, and say, Tim doesn't even pay to win it in your state. Well, I'll take my chances. I'll give him what I need. <laughs> I'm waiting until it's 1.5, Bill. That way I can get closer to I'll him. just say I won't be here Thursday. If it happens. Well, I won't be here, won't Thursday, be here Thursday, Thursday anyway. anyway. But don't make us nervous. I won't Brad, be coming like, back Derek? Saturday either. So. Derek said he wasn't going to be here if he won the lottery. He's yeah. Not, he's not here. That'd be that. quite a story. Yeah. Huh. Well, and Roseville knocking oh. at the door at 4.30 a.m. So, you know, that, at the lottery headquarters. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, it, it, it'll just exponentially drive up because the closer you get, this thing has to burst. I think this is the third highest right now. And if it doesn't go Wednesday, by the time Saturday hits... That thing is going to it be does pushing. Just, it does show you how hard it is because you go from state to state, and there's power balls at every convenience store. So Think about every it. Every state, and everyone's playing. I mean, you just go over to any convenience store, people are buying with everything else. Right. And, and it doesn't win for the last three months. I mean, that that's why it's it's it, a little hard to That's win. why inevitably when I'm behind someone and I usually get uh, – because they still have them in vending machines? I think you can still get some sort of. Electro- I know you get. Um, I don't know if you can get Powerball. You can get scratch offs. Well, that's stuff, what I'm thinking with scratch offs because yeah. I, I used to go when I lived in Minnesota and I did they put those in there in grocery stores. That was a 
bad habit. I've been guilty, I think, of this probably too over the years. But but inevitably, I'll be behind somebody. They're getting lottery tickets, and they'll say, uh, "How many? Well, give me three. Wait, give me five. Because <laughs> it'll matter so <laughs> much." Like, well, I, I I had some with the lottery, but I think I've done that before too. So no. It's like, well, those extra two. You just never know. <laughs> yeah. It could go from $6 to $10. I don't know. you know. But really, I had someone tell me this. With the lottery, I think they're doing a promotion this many years. Your your chances pretty much are as close to buying one as they are five. Right. It is right. true. I mean, oh, absolutely. Your yeah. chances of buying a, one is the same so as probably mi- a thousand. Yeah, you know, it's a min- yeah, minuscule. Right, for sure. <laughs> but I, I used to laugh. Good. I was behind a lady. She goes, give me three. No, no, no. Let's go five. <laughs> like, well, but watch, yeah. Who's laughing now? Watch, she's probably wins oh, yeah. it. That, that would have been yours. Uh, quick time out. I take the first five numbers and take care of my bills. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. First couple three might be able mm-hmm. to do, do some damage. Uh, well, quick time out. We'll come back on a flip side. Jack Michael show at seven forty. The fan. Bailey Ober, 5 and 4, the 2 6 1 going tonight. Brian Wu going for Seattle. And uh, those of you that are early to rise, I don't know how much you're listening to those games. Not hopefully you are. Maybe you can just have it as a bedside companion when you have those 840 starts. You know, you just have that in, in the background. It's and, not ideal for yeah. when, I'm, when I, my eyes start getting heavy about 9. This is, <laughs> this is not what I'm really looking forward to. Um, I was thinking about this as, as I'm caught up in the quarterback thing, and I, I mm-hmm. thought about this with Otani. Major League Baseball should have a long time ago got their equivalent of NFL films or something like this. Like, I think it would be interesting to follow a Mike Trout. or And I think it's – because what they've done now with this thing is they've made Patrick Mahomes be even a bigger Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, he's becoming kind of the – I guess the uh, poor man's version of Michael Jordan of football yeah. for this generation. Yeah. Likeable guy. He's got – unbelievable charisma and you know he's just right his instincts are unbelievable and then to have kind of the common man you know kirk cousins in there it's just it's so well done and they need to do stuff like this they and they need to humanize these guys for, a little for bit baseball more. yeah that's uh you know otani is is of uh we weren't alive when babe ruth was was playing but can you imagine well, the, my previous the, life i was in a previous yeah. life you were the ruthian type following of of Babe Ruth the the yep. bigger than life person that was George Sherman Ruth I, I you know we really haven't haven't really had that scale yeah, he's like Captain America almost yeah, like, right. like, like not even a real character like a really. figurehead right. yeah like some type of super but well Otani is doing stuff that is just that is beyond Ruthian you know and, and yet I don't know you think if they trade him it'd be the curse of Otani it's it's a different whole field right now it's not like they're Giving them up for a uh, hundred and some odd well, thousand dollars. It's an interesting thing. It's almost like they have to Obviously, make I, that move. They got, I'm sure they're going to try and get the Kings ransom. Yeah. I mean, I mean you I, tried it with Trout and with him, and you haven't won anything. I mean, really close. Did you guys see this? I know that we're running out of time, but I, 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 I was mentioning this on KFGR, sister station, this morning. Uh, Boise State. Marketing. Marketing, marketing, marketing. So Boise State is known for creativity. Anybody with a blue right. and orange turf has obviously yeah. been creative. So they are uh, they're um, they're having a we win you win uh, marketing plan this year, and what it is is that fans that purchase a limited one hundred and twenty five dollar limited edition ticket to Boise State's home opener, they play Central Florida September 9th, um, 
can earn a complimentary ticket to its next home game, which is University of North Dakota, but only if Boise State wins. So you buy you and Brad buy a hundred twenty five dollar uh, limited ticket for that first game against Central Florida. They win. Guess what? You are free to go to the UND Boise State game. <laughs> and let me tell you this: if they defeat UND, you are free to go to the next game. And you know what? If they win that game, you are free. To go to the next game, it's a you win. This is like pay it forward at Starbucks. It, it is exactly <laughs> what it is. Exactly what it is. You win, you and it continues. We win, you all win. It, it continues throughout the year. This is uh, part so of you the can play. Pu- you buy one ticket and go in for all it, games. You nailed it. In essence, uh, you for that that first ticket could become a season ticket for you. Yes, you like that, kind of intriguing, right? That's, that's different. I uh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, somebody texted in, but I know we were talking about it in the break. The uh, the Vikings throwback jerseys going back to the 60s and 70s look. Sharp. Oh, yeah, people the, are going to be big on it. They are outstanding. Yeah. I, I, so I'm not a big jersey buyer, but I might have to bend and twist Well, and I think people fell in love with them when they did, for whatever reason, in 2009, when Favre met the Packers for the first mm-hmm. time, right? And, and they had they were wearing those uniforms. And I think that people like the gray fa- face mask. Yeah. And Got they, the gold stripes on the pads. Right, right, the, right. Uh, the, show. Gold, yeah. the, the numerals are outlined in gold, which right. I like. Yeah, uh, probably my favorite Viking jersey. I guess everybody will kind of associate it with Moss, but the late '90s, the ones they wore with the Norseman hat, hat yeah, on, Nor- the side. on the side. Yeah, yeah. I really like those. Mm-hmm. But this uh, this is a sharp look as re- as as it uh, relates to uh, relatability and 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 prominence and success and sustainability. What what's the greatest uniform slash color scheme slash design for an NFL team? You know, I, I hate to say because I've never really liked them, but man, the, the Raiders are—it's it's a sleek looking uniform. Just, uh, just watching Freddie Blitnikoff. Bl- yeah, you know, just and- that black and silver mix, I think, is good. And yeah, and I think I think the, the Steelers, your Cowboys, have always had kind of they kind of pretty standard. Look, but I don't really like the aqua and some of the kind of yeah. all the blue pants. Like like, like, like Danny, our colleague, is right. a huge Dolphins guy. Always has been. The old school dolphin look is nice. I don't like it when they've you know modernized those. I, I like their old school. I'm look uh, with you on that one. Yes. Yeah, but so those are good. It's so, unique. Yeah. The Browns are going to a white helmet. I don't know if you saw that. Really? Yes. What? Good for them. Yep. That's interesting. No more orange helmets. Huh? I think that's kind of their throw, or it's kind of the alternate look. Well, mm-hmm. I think they should almost because you know their counterparts across state have orange helmets, so do something different, right? So yeah, that brown and orange is that's a tough look. Yeah, unless you're Ernest Biner. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's not much to it. It's not good for merchandising either. It's like, yeah, no, that's a, t- that's a tough sell. <laughs> you go in and yeah. buy that. It's Although hard. the Padres tried the brown and gold thing, they brought that yeah. back. Oh, the Padres to- well, the you know, when they do school, that with the gray, right. though, it looks pretty good. Wyoming's kind of figured that out. We mix a yes. lot of gray in it. Anthracite. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, Fargo South has done that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of other NFL uniforms that were just don't need much. They like obviously the Steelers were just that was it. Well, I would say your team's probably yeah. I yeah, think they're, so. They're I mean the, the Cowboys had a pretty good block number standard. Mm-hmm. Even the Blues look pretty pretty sharp. I've always liked the Chargers colors and you know with the the powder blue too. Yeah, the classic Houston Oilers Houston Oilers kind of, that was a nice look and Campbell. But I don't know. Tennessee's kind of gotten away from the powder blue, and they went more of the dark and the. And Seattle's been the exact opposite spectrum. Not right? a big fan. Yeah, they've they've toyed with. A lot I like of it when it. they have the silver and blue, but this whole blue and I don't see, I don't like the Timberwolves colors that copy Seattle's either. But right, I don't like a lot of change for the sake. How of I saw the Seahawks are going back to the throwbacks for the the 
you know, the, the silver helmets. And, Are they? Yes. Good, good for them. He, I like that. He's Steve Largent uh, in Dave Craig days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Craig Call. Yeah. Those were those were the days. Somewhere Ryan Gelder now just got excited. Well, yeah, like Jim Zornan, you know. Oh, Jimmy and, Zorn. And Craig were kind of they would fight fight it out quite a bit for playing time. Yeah. That's and a Kurt good... Warner, the other Kurt Warner. Yes, the, other yeah, Kurt the actual Warner. running back. Yes, yeah. yes. Boy, talk about being 29? forgotten with your name, right? Right, and exactly. Yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback took over your name. That's a great. Tomorrow we'll do uh, black. Tomorrow we'll just reference old quarterbacks. I'm in for Neil Lomax. That's um, good. That's a good one. Go. <laughs> tomorrow's, tomorrow we're just going to go around the room and name quarterbacks. Vince Evans. Yeah, but oh, there. <laughs> what Vince, a great game that would. But then be. Vince Evans like came out of nowhere. Maybe it was with the Raiders because he yeah. was with the Bears for. He was with the Bears like, forever. Yeah, when he was in younger days, and all of a sudden he like came out of nowhere and was quarterback in the Raiders. Well, and you know, what's interesting about Vince Evans is we don't talk about him a lot in really, he was one of the first African-American quarterbacks I remember watching, yep. right? And we don't talk him about him, him all that Doug much. Williams. Yeah, I, mean, but, I mean, he wasn't bad. He wasn't no, he was great. Okay. He was okay. He was just okay. You know, kind of like the history of the Chicago Bears quarterbacks. Well, right. <laughs> I mean. Just a footnote in that department. Right, yeah. but. It's kind of interesting because he and Doug Williams are both in the NFC North, mm-hmm. and yeah. they were like the only two African American quarterbacks until Warren Moon came from the Canadian Football League. You know, we, I just invented a game. I think around a campfire for everybody to play this weekend. Just sit around the campfire, and all you're saying is former quarterbacks, yeah. Mike Tomzak. Yep. Dan Pastorini. Yeah. That's all you're doing is going around the Brian Sipe. The, the first person who does Steve doesn't Fuller. Uh, yep. Steve Barkowski. <laughs> just random 80s quarterbacks. I stumbled across something in the um it was the strike season. The Vikings beat the Falcons in the playoffs. Right. It was when they had the, the Super Bowl tournament. Steve Barkowski was yep. the quarterback for Atlanta. Might have had one of the lousiest playoff games ever. There's there's and my the Vikings game. had a hard time to had a hard time beating him despite they that. won. Barely, and then John Riggins ran all Correct. over them the next week. Oh, yes, they did. He, that oh. was the I take a bow yeah. oh, game. Mark <laughs> Rippin. Anyway, the uh, I just did like your Netflix show quarterback. That's a new game. You just yeah. sit around a campfire. And you have the first person you get yeah, five could, seconds. If you, you don't know the of summer, <laughs> you just yeah. call it quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Uh, good stuff. Thank you to Reimer joining us as he does every Tuesday. Stick around. Uh, the common man coming up next on seven forty. The fan KNFL.